All right. Well, this is going to be probably one of my most fun and enjoyable episodes. And that's not an offense to any other guest, but man, Jeff Brecken and I have a lot in common, a lot of connections, and we've really uh, gotten to know each other well this year. And uh, I'm looking forward to our time together, man. So thank you for being on the show today and giving your time to my audience and listeners and watchers. Jeff, it has been, uh, man, I got, thank you for that awesome uh, intro. I got goosebumps looking at all of your amazing guests that you have been on, that have been on your show and with you and dropping bombs and, and nuggets all over the place. I am honored and grateful to be here. Yeah. Well, you're the only guest that we share a common bond of picking rocks. Hundred percent, and and it's Jeff squared. It is Jeff squared. Yeah, I like that. Yep, it is. You know the pick and rocks reference. There's not, you know, if you're watching uh, this live or maybe you catch the replay, you know, give us a give us a little comment like rocks if you know what the pick and rocks reference is. It's not uh, people like what the heck is that? What are they talking about? You want to fill them in on what that is, Jeff? Yeah, man. From from all the way back when I was six, seven, eight years old on the farm, uh, yep. you know, in the frost in Minnesota, at least rocks come up like every single spring the, the frost pushes, uh, the rocks and everything could be blocks, could be whatever was underneath that ground, right? Like it pushes it up to the soil or up to the surface and, and you got to go pick rocks and every farm kid out there that's listening knows about that. And, uh, and every single spring we were out there picking rocks before we had an actual automated machine with a rock mm-hmm. picker right and yep. uh and yeah man i'd we'd have a bunch of friends and and everybody that was available to come out and, and help pick rocks so yeah it was it was pretty interesting yeah you know what's interesting is we've got two uh two people two ladies in fact that uh know what picking rocks is all about so carly thanks for tuning in it is a difficult job bending over, throwing them on the wagon. I didn't have, we had yet, we didn't have no automated machine. Um, you know, when we were doing it. And, uh, so Brandy, thank you as well. You know what we're talking about and throwing down out here. So yeah, that was, that was one of those jobs as a kid. You just did it. And the funny thing is I remember there was one summer, uh, so the farms that I helped on were right around me. And then there was a family farm I would go and help with. And uncle Donald, he was a, he was a hard ass man. Yeah. He didn't take nothing from nobody. And there was a guy, he was trying to help out, you know, older, you know, an an adult guy needed some help, needed some guidance in life. All he wanted to do was just drive the tractor that pulled the wagon. And he talked more about driving the tractor than anything. Meanwhile, I'm just picking up rocks, throwing them on, throwing them on. Uncle Donald just comes up, taps my shoulder, says, go drive the tractor. And what, what age are you at? Uh, this had to be eight. Yeah. I started driving farm truck, loaded farm truck on the highway at nine years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I could barely reach the pedals yep. and it was, man, you know, in people in, in the cities, city life and without a farm life, like that's how every farm person grew up. Every farm mm-hmm. kid grew up. You were doing anything and everything to help on that farm at, as soon as you could reach the pedals. Right. Yep. And that's where, that's where I got my my work ethic. And that's where I got actually, um, at age nine, I asked my dad, I was doing so much that, uh, I asked my dad, Hey, can I get paid? Like all the other hired men are. And he goes, absolutely. What do you think you're worth? And I said, a dollar an hour. And I was nine. Right. And I think back then the minimum wage was like three thirty-five or something like right. that. 
And literally my dad taught me at age nine about worth. And it wasn't necessarily mm. financial. It was about, hey, listen, you put the work in, you're going to get paid for it. Right? Yep. Yeah. You know, and that phrase, putting the work in, do the work, that's a, you know, often thrown around phrase, you know, but folks like us, people who've picked rocks, Carly, Brandy, anybody else, you know, not to minimize other people's work as a kid, where you work in your family business, not to minimize it, but there, there's, there's, there's work and then there's work and picking rocks, you know, that was work, throwing hay in the stalls, that's work, shoveling, cleaning out pens, that's work. Uh, being, you know, catching a hay bale coming off the baler, that's work. Stacking it, work. Right. 100%. There's, there's but a, very few kids did that, you know, um, before age 10 or 12 or even yeah. 15, right? Like, you know, the first job. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not taking away from anybody that had a, a first job at a, a restaurant or, you know, uh, mowing lawns, anything like that. It's, it's, it's all you get out of life what you put in, right? Mm -hmm. And, Oh, we just learned it at a little bit earlier, earlier pace than most people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I would say, you know, we can move on. We don't have to talk farm work and kids and driving trucks illegally on the highway, although it all happened and we had fun. 100%. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I would say, I would say that, that basis of work ethic and that basis of commitment for me, you know, I mean, I've been working full time since the age of 15, which, in Pennsylvania, it's illegal. I think it's pretty much illegal everywhere at that age. You know, most times you can work weekends underage, like 20 hours a week, something like that. But I was able to do that because the rest, and you said restaurant, that's what I did. I worked in diners and I was a line cook at 15 full time working in the evening. And I didn't know my worth. That was the problem. Here I was, you know, and they, you know, they, they looked at me. As just this young kid that's happy to work for minimum wage, I think it was like four seventy five an hour, and uh, you know I didn't know my worth, and it took kind of took realizing, hey, this is this is being taken advantage of here, and I moved on to another one, and you know got basically a near hundred percent increase, but uh, yeah, that hard work ethic and being ingrained in um, really sets people up differently. You know, absolutely. I think when you hit no, that in life matters. Absolutely. And, and you said, you know, you didn't know your worth and you went somewhere else and you made double. Well, that's awesome. But to me, you know, and growing up, having my own businesses, I realized that worth is not financial. It can be. It absolutely mm -hmm. can be. But worth is, what are you worth? Are you worth being around the same type of people, say, um, you know, the old an an analogy out there, you're going to, if you're the sixth person in a five person group or, or the sixth person to come into a, a five person group, right? You're going to do exactly what they, what they are doing. So if they're out there smoking dope and, and really not leading a life that is envious of people, right? Like you're going to be that sixth person. But on yeah. the flip side, if you are, if, if this group of people, is out there doing right by their clients, right by the world, um, right by the guy above us, right? Like mm -hmm. that stuff comes around and it comes around a lot sooner than, than people think, right? So if you're out drinking, sitting in a bar seven days a week, you're going to be the next drunk. If you're out doing amazing things, guess what? You're going to be the next one doing amazing things. And, and to me, that's, that it all goes against, not against, but it goes into what 
a person is worth. You know, are you worth being happy? Are you worth leading a life that you truly want to do and have, have the freedom, right? It's not about the money. It's about the freedom. Yep. And that to me is, it, it, it wraps up worth very, very good. Yeah. yeah. I love all of that, you know, and you've obviously been getting in those circles, five groups of five people, groups of a hundred people. You're in the right circles often because you're doing some pretty amazing stuff. Um, you've got some big ambitions about a camp uh, for children with childhood cancer. You're, can we talk about what you're doing with the truck and the RV? Is sure. That, yeah. Uh, hey, yeah. I got, I, I don't, I got nothing to hide. Let's, let's rock. Sure. Yeah. What do you want? Here I am well, talking about it live and I'm asking for permission to share it. <laughs> kind of a mistake. But no, so you, I mean, like I might, you know, the thing I say around here is life and business on your terms. You're doing it. They were talking in the pre-show. Um, I'm buying a truck, a little different truck than Jeff's buying, but uh, Jeff's a few years ahead of me in this journey with the RV lifestyle. You see my camper in our in our show rollout in the intro. Uh, Jeff's moving to a full heavy-duty tractor-trailer, 18-wheel type truck that you see going down the road, which is really cool. I've got a high school friend, Tracy. Her and her husband do that now. I watch their, uh, I watch their uh, travels that they share. And... Uh, so you're moving, you're looking to go full-time RV. Tell us, uh, tell us about the attraction there. You know, to be honest with you, like this was the last thing on my mind. It was the last thing that I wanted to do. I didn't even know I wanted to do it until I absolutely found my purpose in life, right? Like I get visions of things like this, this goes back to, you know, when I was younger, I was either on the farm or I was playing goaltender in hockey, right? And, and it was only those two things. And so I can see, like, I, as a goaltender, I can see the plays develop and I can see life develop just like that right now. And once I found my purpose in life, that is when everything changed for me. I wanted to get around positive people. I wanted to get around uh, in, into rooms that I had the same mindset of everybody else in that room. I also wanted to be the dumbest guy in the room and be a sponge and soak up all the knowledge that everybody uh, that was in that room had for me, right? And so it's all about, like, like we talked a little bit earlier, it's getting in the right rooms, getting around the right people, and things just kind of fall into place. And we've got a mutual friend. As a matter of fact, I believe she was on the big ticket, um, the big ticket here uh, a few or maybe a month or two ago, but Lisa Marie Platsky, right? Mm -hmm. I've been working with Lisa. And we really truly honed in on, on what my, what my true purpose is in life. And literally there she is. That's awesome. Yep. So literally, you know, my, my purpose, um, when I, well, this was back now 12 years ago, but I was coaching hockey and we had a kid on the hockey team, phenomenal, phenomenal family, phenomenal kid wanted to be, you know, he's coachable, great talent. Um, but he, he got, uh, diagnosed after he scored the game-winning uh, goal in a championship game in overtime, three weeks later, diagnosed with leukemia hmm. and, and died a few months later. And the, the coaching staff and the players at 11 years old at the time were all pallbearers of that funeral. I'll never forget that the day I die and until the day I die. And um, a few years later, I, I finally found my purpose. And 
I want to build a camp for kids with cancer that is absolutely at the base of a foothills of a mountainside. I don't know where this is going to be yet. This has all been coming to me, right? Mm-hmm. And I actually know that I'm going to, and, and this is going to be like Yellowstone, right? And this is even before Yellowstone even came out, I had this. But very few people know about it, so I'm glad that we're talking about it. It's going to be medical facility. Uh, there's not going to be one person that looks like a doctor, one person that looks like a nurse. There's going to be animals all over the place. And and there's going to be uh, counseling sessions for families between a half a mile and a, and a quarter mile away. And it's just going to be a serene retreat that people can come and heal, right? And that's, yeah. that's to me, it's not a hospital setting. I hate hospitals, to be honest with you, <laughs> not a fan, but that kind of a setting is going to allow those kids and those parents and families to heal much, much, much quicker. And I already know that. So then from that, from that uh, phase, I actually got a download that said, you need to go on the road full time. And then I'm like, okay, this doesn't make sense, but I'm going to go with it. And then I got a download that says, while you're on the road, you're going to be at a local cafe somewhere. You're going to meet somebody with thousands of acres of land and you're going to tell this story and you're going to do a 99 year lease, uh, money free for this camp. And then everything will go from there. Like I'm, I was never super spiritual. I grew up Catholic nothing against religious mm-hmm. at all, but there's a difference between being religious and being spiritual. Right. And now the man upstairs is guiding me and, and I'm just going with it and I'm having a ball. Yeah. So, you know, title card of our show, lean in, be present, make an impact. Let's talk about that presence. Cause I think for people listening, they're like, what the heck did Jeff just say? <laughs> There's no way. There's no way he heard all that specificity in a cafe, thousand acres, 99 year lease. So talk about how you kind of established that presence. And, and, you know, maybe let's define like a download. So that's, you're hearing something from above. I've got guides. And, and this is not new in the spiritual world. It might be new in the, in, if you're not that spiritual or not that religious, but I've got guides that I will, I'll pray to. I, I don't, to me, um, I don't need a building to, to, to pray or talk to God or talk to my guides or anything like that. It's, that's an ongoing thing. Like every single day, multiple times a day. If you, so let me back up a little bit. Few years ago, I um, got to be a little bit more spiritual, got in the right rooms as we talked about. But the downloads that as soon as I became a little bit more spiritual and and I actually believed, right? You need two things to be successful in life. You need to believe and you need to have faith. Faith in yourself and faith in the process, right? So when you have faith in whether it's yourself or the process. And you believe in, in, a, in a higher being. And I'm not saying you, whatever you want to believe in a higher being, but believe, right? Right. That's the biggest thing. Have faith. Put, it, put your faith in that, in that higher being and things will just happen. And it's, it's automatic. I can't explain it. I don't know, but I have very, very vivid dreams um, about what has to happen next. And I'm a big visionary person. I'm not necessarily an integrator. Um, I don't like super huge details. Uh, I know details, right? But I have people that will integrate those, my messages uh, into the system because I just like, my mind goes a thousand miles an hour 
on the on the big picture stuff. That's why I like the big ticket, um, mm-hmm. the name of your show. But it goes a thousand miles an hour, and I can't necessarily do a lot of the details. Now, if I came down to it, yes, absolutely, I could. I've done it for a long time, but I would much rather uh, do the big picture and and funnel that through some people. Now, getting back to your your actual question was like, well, let, down, let me- it it's it, it could be it could be just a thought that I had, um, and then literally, like if it gets put into place, it's like a piece of puzzle. Pieces yeah. of the puzzle will come come to me and like it'll fit perfectly and that's when i know i'm on the right track yeah and and i'll, and I'll add and, and maybe you could expand on this i i've broached this topic a handful of times on the show already i've talked about it and real well this is real life what the heck will we be doing if this show wasn't real life right now funny way to say it right but i've talked you know in person that was that's the phrase i was going for you know if if you go through life just thinking everything is simply coincidental and that it just happens. I feel that's a very sad way to look at things. So from that basis to Jeff's comment, you can believe in whoever, whatever you want to believe in, but I would implore people to not just believe that it's coincidental because at that point, you're completely out of control. You're out of control. And not that you're in control. Because I think when you have that higher level of spirituality, you're giving over control. But for good. If you just think you're out of control and just twisting in the wind and it's all just happening, I think that's a very sad and rough place to be. You know, Jeff, I used to think that, uh, and I think a lot of people are the same way. Like, why is this happening to me? Why me? Why me? Why me? Right? Like in the, in the bad things that happen, right? And a lot of people find themselves on a hamster wheel going round and round and round. And, and each year they're, they're at the same exact spot in their life. And, and I was like that for a long, long time. And I think like, this is back uh, maybe three months ago, my sisters and I went and talked to my mom, dad, updated their will, all that good stuff. They're in their eighties now. And Literally, I asked the question um, on Sunday morning breakfast. I said, let's go around the table and, 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 and say what you guys are all grateful for. Name three things, right? Family always came up. Health came up. And then there was one thing different amongst everybody. But my one thing different was the, 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 the great things that have happened in life and the not so great things, the highs and the lows. Because guess what? Without those things, I wouldn't be right here, right now, being present with you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all shaped me. I always go back to a, a song, um, obviously, uh, Garth Brooks, he's in the news now, but um, whatever. Um, he, he has a song called Unanswered Prayers. And sometimes that unanswered prayers are the, are the actual thing that needs, you, needs to shape you into who you need to become, right? The prayers that you truly think that that or prayers and dreams or you know whatever one somebody wants to call it, whatever you want to have happen. Sometimes the best thing is that it, that does not happen. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, it makes. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me, right? Because I feel from that spiritual approach, we're on very similar paths. Of 100%. Looking at a picture and allowing the pieces to be filled in. We see the picture, like we know what the picture is. 
if we were to turn that picture over to somebody else, they would look at it and say, all right, I kind of see this over here and I kind of see this down there, but I don't get how it all connects. Yeah. Again, we, it's, it's like that puzzle pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Like we see the whole picture and, and if you cut it up in a hundred different puzzle pieces, we just wait for, for the, the guy above, the person above to give us a piece one yep. at a time, yep. right? To place it down in the really right spot cool way at the to, right time. Yeah, man. It's a cool way to operate yep. instead of pushing. You can't push. When you push, you get into the same rut and same circle that you were year after year after year. And, and that's why this, the pieces of the puzzle thing and, and, and talking and believing and having faith, that to me, that is the ultimate. Yeah. Yep. I, uh, just so you know, I didn't cover this in our pre-show, but uh, if you see me jotting down, anybody watching or even my, my, my guests that I have on, I always just kind of timestamp cool moments to share out because we'll share these great nuggets out later and after so our time together can live on in a more impactful way. And uh, so that's what I'm doing. I'm not multitasking. I'm not making notes, doing something else. I'm just making a little timestamp in the moment. Um, just as a little aside, isn't like anybody watching, isn't Jeff like the most cool HR guy you know? Like, oh, I'm yeah. telling you. He's like, like, I, if I'd have known that 25 years ago, what I know now about things, like I started my own business at, uh, in 1999. And I didn't know, I, I didn't know, nor did I care anything about HR. And it's like, man, human resources, you know, Jeff, you've got a couple companies and, mm-hmm. and it's not about the product. I mean, yes, you have to sell product. But it's about the human management that, that people help you for the people that help you, right? It's all about if you're not managing your, your number one asset, which is your ease, right? They're going to leave. They're going to go. Yep. And, and sometimes, you know, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. Uh, but if you're not managing your HR correctly and your employees correctly, they're going to be gone. And all of a sudden you find yourself on that, on that hamster wheel again, as a business owner going, man, why am I, again, why am I in the same spot? But there's ways to do that. And people think of business owners tend to think of, of the, the HR department as, as a cost center. But I'm telling you, if you're doing it right, and if you're hiring the right people, it's going to be a revenue center because they're going to keep you out of lawsuits. They're going to keep uh, employees engaged. They're going to keep employees happy, right? Do some employee surveys, do some exit interviews. Most companies don't even do exit interviews. That is the number one source that you can implement to get better at what you do and, and, and the HR, uh, I guess, overall realm of HR, right? Like most business owners want to, want to sell more. Most business owners want to get better. But in order to do that, you need the solid team of employees behind you in order to do that. If you don't have their, their buy-in at your dream and at your vision and mission, it's going to go nowhere. Yeah. One of the best things we did in the retail store um, was that exit interview question. And it was a great guy that we just, you know, we just couldn't keep and, you know, keeping him here with us, it wasn't the right thing for him. He was bigger than delivery team and that's okay. You know, 
he said he'd be with us. He said he'd be with us up front, which I really respected when we interviewed him for a year. We kept him for two. And, uh, you know, at the exit interview, he said, you know, I think the one thing you could, because we asked, what could we improve on? Um, he said, you know, it's a tough job and our bodies get beat up. If you could work in a way to get a break, a paid break, more than a half an hour, you know, um, like maybe a half a day or a day, a week. Yeah. I don't know how you do that, but that would be cool. And so well, I thought you're, on you're, it. So, so, uh, and I applaud you, Jeff, for doing exit interviews because that was a, that's a, the people that are there might not be the right person for the right seat on that, on that bus, right? Mm -hmm. But they might be better for a different position that you have, or they just want to do something totally different and that's okay. Yeah. Now you're thinking out of the box and, and most people don't, they'll think out of the box as an owner and a visionary, but they don't implement that. So literally, like I just uh, got the uh, download that said, Hey, have you ever tried uh, given your people um, a one-hour massage every two weeks. Hmm. That's thinking out of the box, right? And it goes to the sore muscles. It goes, it, it's just, it relaxes. Yep. It, it takes the stress out, takes any anxiety out. Like, because you, your, your people are, are absolutely, they're lifting heavy stuff and they're up and down staircases and, and in people's yep. homes and all that stuff. And, you know, yep. like that's exactly what just came to me. And that's what we do at our iconic HR is, we think out of the box. You know, HR doesn't have to be prim, proper. I mean, yes, okay, it should be. But it's it shouldn't always be rules, regulations, right? It's about yeah. thinking out of the box and doing right by your client. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to pick up on the the view and the what the, the, the lens by which people look at HR with. But uh, so that exit interview, really what we did and ended up implementing is... Uh, now we're, we're, we are struggling to find a, a new delivery driver, but, uh, our lead guy, uh, now enjoys every Thursday because it's our biggest freight day. He's at the store every Thursday instead of out on the road. Um, we organize deliveries around the other days of the week, but he's at the store, unloads freight, which is pretty easy. It's just a pallet jack for the most part, uh, or the driver helps unload the mattresses. Um, the rest of the time, he's just kind of hanging out, doing some simple task work, you know, making sure the truck's clean and, uh, making sure the dock area is organized, et cetera. So he gets that break. Um, when we hire back a full-time person, what we'll do is alternate every other Thursday, you're off. Mm -hmm. And every other Thursday, one of you's back at the store. And we, we, we've had that plan and it's fantastic because they get that break, that physical break. They're still working. The guy that's off gets paid. So that's a benefit. And for us, it's very simple because right now we're paying over $200 a day for that temp help labor. Now we pay well, but, yeah. you know, and we're, unfortunately we have a great guy, but we're just not able to bring him on. And I'm, I won't share any more of that. I would bring him on, but I'm not able to bring him on, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a shame because he'd be a great fit, but we need somebody that can drive the truck and we just, it just doesn't doesn't work out. And so, uh, but that's the, that's the lesson from that exit interview is, is take that to heart and don't just dismiss it and say, well, we work five days a week. What do you want me to do? Like we gotta, we, we gotta deliver the product. Well, yeah, you have to deliver the product, but could we expand each day by an hour, which is really what we ended up doing. 
to get that one day off, which was a tremendous benefit, two days off a month paid. And then the other two days is real easy. Uh, and my sales team that would normally be at the store having to unload those trucks on the heaviest day, they love the fact they don't got to touch it anymore. Absolutely. Right. You know, so the thing like about it is wins everywhere. Uh, yeah, that that's huge. And and you found a way to get to get over that hump and and to there's a there's a solution for everything out there. That's yep. you know, people like, oh, that are stuck in their ways, they they think that this is the way that we've always done it. So this is the way we always got to do it. Absolutely not. You've you found an amazing way to get over that uh that issue that somebody had literally when he just left or he was leaving. He, he told you about that issue. And it's like, you know, there is some of the biggest things that you can do for your company is do exit interviews. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to caveat this for uh, two things. Number one, our exit interviews are anywhere between 30 minutes and an hour. As a third party, we can get so much more out of these employees that are leaving Mm-hmm. And you, the employer, can. so. But I, I congratulate you on doing that. And, and that was a huge deal. The second thing is that you got to realize, like you just had that employee leave after two years. He knew everybody in the company and was probably really good friends with some of them, right? If yep. he leaves and you don't change anything, who's, who's leaving with them? Right. Like he could have gone to a competitor and, t- and taken all of your uh, your delivery guys, all the the people in the warehouse, like everybody. So you have to realize that as an employer, if you don't continually uh, up your game with employees, you are, um, well, you could actually lose a lot more than just one per time when somebody leaves. It could be two, three, four people. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're behind the eight ball. Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of Reddit. I'm on Reddit, follow I think I've joined over a hundred different subreddits and forums that interest me. And this ranges from guitars to Ford trucks to camping to business. And one of those business-related ones is called the anti-work subreddit. And so if you just Google that, as an employer, as a manager of people, a leader of people, I would urge you to check that subreddit out, providing it's not gone dark. If it's dark, it's probably a temporary thing. There's some I don't understand it. There's some dust up with Reddit and allowing plugins and apps, and I don't quite understand all of it. So some of this, some of the forums have stopped posting, but I think it'll get correct itself in a couple of days because it almost always does. But I go there because I want to tune in to what people are thinking and what they're saying. And I share this because in that domain, and again, you got to watch the five people you hang around. You got to watch the quality of the water of the pond you swim in, right? Because I'm voluntarily jumping into this one. And I know it's, I know at times it's not a pond I should be swimming in, right? So you got to watch those inputs in your head. But if you look at it for an input into your brain of a leader of people, of a business owner, it's really good to get some view and some insight in, right? You're kind of like a fly on the wall. And in those circles, in that pond, HR is viewed as the enemy, not your friend. Absolutely. And, and, and most, in most circles, it, it is though. It is the enemy. Yeah. It's, and that's why most businesses, most smaller businesses, right? Like 30 or under, they typically don't have any HR. Or if they do, it's the receptionist growing with the company that, that, that 
became the office manager and the office manager then became the HR manager with absolutely zero formal training. And they're out there and, and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not downgrading anybody that, that has done that because that's, that literally is the progression of, right. of, of a, of a growing business. Right. Yep. But you have to step back and take a look at, all right, well, do you want somebody in that position that really has no formal training? That's when things typically go wrong. And that's when it's viewed as, as the, the anti-department to have, right? Like, you don't want to go to HR. Well, you should be able to go to HR with anything that you have. Mm-hmm. So you're happy, right? Not like the principal's office and you're going to get detention. That's not what it should right. be. Right. You know, you, you had just mentioned, you know, something about, you know, growing and, and company growth and, and that goes right back to personal growth. If you're not vulnerable and if you're not looking at both sides of the equation, you said that you, you, you go on there to, to look at different perspectives and avenues and all that good stuff. And like, if you are not open to the point of somebody else's observation or perspective, you, you, you are shutting out 90% of your potential growth as a human and as a business owner. Yeah. And you got to be, you got to be vulnerable to be able to say, okay, I'm going to let my guard down. I'm going to take in all, everything that, that, that happens. And, and then we'll make a decision from there. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. Um, let's make a right turn in our conversation. So let's fast forward. When do you get your truck? When, when do you think you'll have your truck? Because you, you're doing some major modification to it. Yeah. And so the modifications might be a year out. Um, yeah. To, and what I'm, what I'm hearing. So, um, my whole thing is I don't like this thing is going to be super long. It's going to be almost 85 foot in length without towing something on the back, uh, without a car, you know, towing a car. So, um, I'm going to extend the bed of the truck, uh, to about 20 feet, which means that'll bring it to about 37 feet, just the rig itself. Yep. And then hauling a 45 foot or pulling a 45 foot fifth wheel. Yep. And so. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Uh, there's, I can't get into a lot of campgrounds, but those, those are not the campgrounds I want to be in. I want to like, again, it goes, it goes right back to the circle thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want to hang around with people that are positive that are people making an impact, um, that are just out there to have fun, be free as well as do good things for, for good people. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so the places that I'm going to have to go are going to be people that are business owners um, that are making an impact and they want to continue to make that impact. And, and that's one of the reasons I've decided to, to, to go that route. Not only that is a bigger truck is obviously going to be about the same fuel economy, but it's going to be much nicer riding um, air ride cab, air ride uh, tires and, and axles, as well as air ride seat. And if I'm going to be in a seat traveling across the country for 10, 12 hour days or whatever that is, um, I don't want to be bouncing around without air rides. So yeah. it's kind of that, that piece of the thing too. The other yep. thing is that this, this thing's got like a whole work system set up three feet behind the cab. And so if I got to pull over on an exit ramp and do a zoom meeting with a, with a potential client or something like this, you know, that's an easy thing to do. And yep. so that's one of the reasons why, why I've got that set up too. Yeah. Yeah, and and just to 
to put a bow on the visual Jeff's painting there. This is a tractor trailer uh, with an extended frame where you can drive a Jeep up on it so you don't have to tow anything on the back of the trailer. And then, uh, and then you hook a fifth wheel RV camp trailer to it. And, and, and Jeff is mobile living, which has become such a big part in our society. There's so many people doing it. Um, but no, you're, you're a hundred and it's, and it's the reason I asked the question because I figured you had that answer, right? You had that, that puzzle was largely pieced in, right? Yeah. I think maybe would it be fair to say, the only pieces of that puzzle uh, that are left unplaced are maybe direction and when when it starts. And that's just out of your control at this yeah. point. Well, it, it's going to start this fall. Okay. Uh, so that that is for sure. It's just, you know, I don't know if you've heard like trucking market. There's been like 9,000 trucking companies go out of business in mm -hmm. the last six months. Um, it's just everybody got into it because it ramped up because of uh, so many, so many I guess, um, well, when everybody was at home during COVID, they needed more shipments, ship, uh, shipping uh, truckers, yep. sh you know, all that stuff, right? So a lot of people got into the trucking uh, business. Well, oh, right yeah. now we're getting out of it. And as they go out of it, each truck, like it gets, it gets less and less and less and less expensive, right? Mm -hmm. So right now, a bigger rig, uh, I can buy a really super big rig for much, much, much less and a brand new F three fifty. Yeah, yeah. An um, F three fifty with a big trailer doesn't. Uh, correct. It does the job, but you're still working. You know, you're right. with what you're going to be driving. It won't even be. It'll be feel like it's not even behind you. That is correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's yeah there's a rhyme and reason what what we're doing and and it's just it's all about helping people help and making a big impact to be able to have the freedom to do it. Yeah, and I love just love that you're. Uh, that you're going down that road. It's so cool to see people do it, see people live it. Um, I love it all. Love it all for you and happy for you on it. Um, so take another turn in our conversation. Hockey. What do you think of our Stanley Cup playoffs this year? Or the uh, Stanley Cup oh. playoffs this year? <laughs> um, I, I wish I was the head of the referee uh, organization in the NHL because there'd be a lot of people that, got suspensions especially after the last mm. game so, yeah it um i i love the competition i love that that the the two teams that that were in you know they um they deserve to be there mm -hmm. and typically you know like boston had the best had the best record all year like they just blew everybody away but guess what like usually when it comes to Playoffs, you got to up your game. You can't be just doing what you're what you're doing in regular season because it's a whole different level. Very appropriate and, to life and business, isn't it? hundred percent. So the people that you know, it doesn't matter. You could be five hundred all year and start peaking at the right time. That's the that's the team I'm I'm in with, right? Yep. And uh, instead of peaking all season or early in the season, and then all of a sudden you got a you know a gradual flow down. Um, but I, I'm a hockey guy through and through, and I still play uh, to this day, and and uh, I'm just loving it. The, the team aspect of it, and the camaraderie, and just like any team based sport, right? Um, you just have something to go to, and 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 again, it's like business. If you're not looking at it as a team, and how how you can always improve, you know, just like you and I are, are part of a couple of masterminds together, mm -hmm. and you know, most people 
play play sports and I, sh- I shouldn't say most people, but the people that play sports, whether it's high school, college, whatever, you know, they get out of they get out of that situation and all of a sudden, you know, there's no life coach. There's no there's no athletic coach anymore. And with coaches as a life coach or as a business coach, anything like that, you want to up your game, get into get into that, right? Look at look and see who can coach you to get you to that next level. And you know, how Sammy Knight, man, what an amazing, amazing individual. Yeah. Um, had a few conversations with him in the last couple of months and just you talk about getting getting into the right rooms around the right people. Like you and I met Sammy. Uh, Lisa Marie Platsky, like just some amazing individuals that give you their time just to sit down and be present with you. And you're going to learn so much, right? That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing is be present, put the phone down and listen. Yep. Yeah. I mean, when I said it's, it can't just be coincidental. Correct. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. So you and I have the honor and really we're we're pushed and moved into the path of people like Sammy Knight, who is super successful, super successful, high net worth individual, but you'd never know it. You know, if you you cross paths with Sammy in a gas station, you'd think he's your local good guy, you know. Maybe got a couple grandkids, figure you'd catch them fishing. And all of that's true. 100%. But there's a lot more that's true about Sammy Knight. And, um, you know, same with Lisa Marie. You would think, wow, what a, what a put together lady, you know, speaks well, intelligent, probably leads great people and, you know, all of it true. And then there's so much more. And it is about getting in those right rooms. Um, with people and being open to it. And it's also, you know, a little bit of responsibility on, on you, you know, like, like you said, you want to be in that RV full time in places where you can meet others with impact. So that's not going to happen at the local, local Joe campground. Correct. You know, that's not going to happen where there's tents. It's not going to happen where there's, and, and, and again, nothing, nothing against that. It's just, if you live life with a purpose, mm-hmm. that's what happens, right? Yep. You don't just willy-nilly go wherever you think you want to go and, and expect to get a result. You can't do that. You have to live with intention and live with purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, by design of your RV setup, you are forcing yourself into that purpose. Correct. You're forcing yourself into that commitment. That's right. Because you can't, I mean, an 85 foot rate, just so people, because, you know, you and I are intimate with camping. We have a lot of knowledge around it, experience around it. For everybody listening and watching, um, by the way, a little plug to watch the show because we do live stream this. Great video, great production. We have things on the screen. It adds to the experience. And I'm an experienced guy. I like to give a good experience to the things I do. So you should always check it out. And that's helpful with my friend, Chris, at cast ahead. He does a great job making us look great. But, um, you know, you, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought where I was going there. Um, well, the 85 foot rig. Oh yeah, the you know, camping. Going everywhere. Yeah. So for everybody that isn't in the know about camping. So what Jeff's done is, you know, we have a fantastic national park system in our country. We really truly do. But Jeff's going to have to go visit that in his Jeep. Correct. Because national parks, you can't bring in anything more than a 30 foot rig. 
you could I, have, I would say 70% of campgrounds. Yeah. You can't bring in a 40 foot or 45 footer in there. Right. And, and all of a sudden now we're 80, 85 feet. Right. Yeah. So you're going to be rolling into the RV resorts, you know, and some people who define camping as tents and that's fine. Like if that's where you derive your joy, if that's what you love to do, there is, there is a holistic natural benefit to getting on the ground, which is the vibrational energy you're going to give through your camp to people you know, to these children with cancer, that's a fantastic benefit that's going to happen there. But the benefit for me, my body, my back, I don't derive benefit sleeping on the ground camping. You know, I joke the only thing- We want a great mattress, don't we, Joe? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I joke the only thing that keeps me honest with camping where I do it, again, the picture you see in the intro is, uh, and I think that picture is even really a little crazy because I got the movie theater set up in that one. but. the outdoor movie theater. But the, yeah, the only thing honest for me in camping is the occasional snake that'll come through and the bugs, you know, that's it. But the AC, the internet access, the movie theater, the comfy zero G chairs that I lay out, you know, the mattress and the, in the, in the bed. Yeah. All of that is, uh, is glamping. And, but again, to bring it back to a point of conversation for our listeners, Maybe you can expand on that forced purpose, right? Like you're all gas, no brakes in on this because an 85 foot rig ain't going to be cheap to drive down the road. It's not going to be cheap to park in overnight. So expand on that thought of forced purpose, like you're making yourself level up by doing this. I have done a ton of research on this, Jeff. And and the one thing about it is like, there's about 6,000 places in the U.S that I can take this thing, right? Holy um, cow. Whether it's, there, there's, there's things out like winery, right? Um, wineries typically are going to be closing at 10 o'clock. But almost every golf course, uh, bigger golf course, 18-hole golf course, is part of this group. Like, they don't, they don't have a lot of people unless it's, uh, they have a wedding or something, right? But, like, I can go and camp for free at, at, in, in the golf course parking lot. I can go to any Cracker Barrel. I can go to any Walmart. I can go to any Lowe's um, just for overnight, right? And mm-hmm. then there's also truck stops that also have campgrounds right beside it. So you have the full hookup. You have water. You have electrical. You have all that stuff. Um, but there's, there's a lot, and people really don't know about it. And it really has blossomed over the last three years. Um, as you know, like there's tons and tons and tons of people that want to go full-time on the road. Mm-hmm. And, and I know people with families that have gone full-time that are, they're homeschooling kids and they're graduating early from all the testing and all that stuff. And, and they're getting into the top colleges and, uh, I'm past that now, uh, with my kids, but it's, it's just one of those things where if, if, if you're living with purpose and living with intention, it, there's a flow to it right? You just don't go willy nilly on, on anything at, at that point. And, um, and I've got a great team behind me as far as, you know, the iconic HR staff. And like I said, like I told you, like I'm a visionary guy. I am not necessarily the detail person for those of you who don't know, like there's visionaries out there and then there's integrators mm-hmm. and you need both to have an absolute successful company and, and life really, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, actually, that's a great topic to wrap up our time together on about that mesh, that blending of visionary and integrator. So that's kind of the, 
you know, the rocket fuel, Gino Wickman uh, speak, you know, there's, there's phenomenal, phenomenal guy and phenomenal yep. book, by the way. Yeah. You should get it if you don't have it. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's the disc assessment, there's Colby, there's all these things that blend and mash about people, people and leaders and managers and business owners and their teams that they build. I kind of, I, I'm like you, I'm that visionary, right? Like I do not like doing the detail work, but I'm empathetic that it needs to be done. Like I can't do anything that I do without the people around me. It's impossible. Right. And so, and that's where, that's where HR comes in. Like you gotta, you gotta be able to keep up on that. Cause a visionary is it, it, I mean, it's like having a 25,000 foot view over or, or look at right with your business. And it's, if you get so, if a visionary gets so far into the details, they will get depressed. They will get overwhelmed. They will be stressed. They'll be anxiety. Like I've been there and, and I don't ever want to be there again, to be honest with you, because that, that it, it just chips away at my visionary. Uh, and that, and that's me. I'm a true, true, true visionary. But every time I have to get into the details of something, I lose my vision. And it almost, it's like I lose myself and who I truly am. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, that understanding of who you are. And we didn't even really get to talk about this too much, but you've got to focus as well on the mental health and well-being of those around you and those you lead. Right. Yeah. So so understanding who you are in these personality tests, again, I Jeff nor I are, you know, we're not pitching one or the other, you but you should have an understanding. Because right. if you're constantly in struggle with yourself about where your true skills lie in the seat you're in, whether that's a business owner or somebody who works, or a leader manager, um, if you're in constant struggle, that's a real problem. Well, you're going against, you're going against your, your opposing forces, right? Like that's people that they, they go to college, they get a degree in something, they think they love it. And then all of a sudden they, they change and do something else because they can't find a job in what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. And they hate what they do. They get up every morning and they just don't like to go to work. That's an opposing force right there. You are not living your purpose. Live with passion and do the things for work that you're absolutely passionate about. Guess what? You're not going to work a day in your life if you do that, Yeah, which is pretty dang amazing. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I, you know, I talk a lot locally, you know, with people in my community, you know, with leadership in our school about man, the, 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 the bedrock of education is shifting under our feet right now. And what we should be saying to graduating high school kids is take a couple years to figure yourself out. That's right. College is going to be there. And the question we need to ask is why isn't education doing that? Why are we conscripting 18-year-olds to debt that they can never get out of? Now, right. I'm also a believer of if, you know, I, I, this is a whole week, man, we could like, this is, a lot this is more conversations. <laughs> yeah. This is like four more conversations, but you know, so you were conscripting these young adults to debt that they can't get out of at the same time. I'm also a big advocate of free will, choice, independence, liberty. But then I go back to, well, if I disagree with education, that it's almost borderline fraudulent of everybody must go to college. That's the only way you succeed in life. Well, 
if that young adult who spent a third of their life in school has been told that all their life, were they duped? You know, like if you, if you invested with Madoff, you were duped into a Ponzi scheme. You got some uh, resolution from that, I guess. But we don't get that resolution with education today. So I'd much rather see that one to two years. Go figure yourself out. And I, I you know, the other thing, the other thing too, Jeff, is like, you know, we grew up in an era that we had home ec, we had welding, we had workshop, we had all that stuff. And, yep. and basically in most school districts, that's gone, right? Well, now all of a sudden you look at and see like blue collar versus white collar or office jobs, like office jobs, you're coming out of school, maybe making 50, 60,000, maybe, right? With benefits. But plumbers, heating guys, uh, you know, egg-related stuff, like they're making six figures and they didn't go to school for four years because there's mm-hmm. such a shortage of those individuals. Yep. Well, it, it's you're 100% right. And I mean, if, you know, the state of our education, if they truly believe where their focus seems to be today, if they truly believed it, they would be pushing for those skills and careers and trades because it's not just that a child can make or a young adult can come out making high five figures into six figures with a couple of years under their belt. The reality is within that four-year span post high school, the swing in debt to money made, and I've done the math, for the average person, it's about a quarter million bucks. That's right. Well, if they really believe the positions that they're taking now, they would be pushing for every child to be going that route because a quarter million dollars for the people they say they care most about today in education, that's more money than the parents in the house have made likely in the last five, six, maybe eight years. That's right. Okay. So there's a big disconnect and like we could talk, you know, my producer Chris knows this is a passion subject for me. I've done two full episodes on this called Success in America. You should check it out on my channel. I had some other great people, you know, Fabian Rabal, Gladys Jeanette, Robert Nelson, uh, Ashley Herrera. I think there was one more I had on. Phenomenal um, people. Great people. And we, and we really dug into this topic. But yeah, I mean, it's, um, it, it, and it does circle back to our conversation about that purpose in life and where you are at and that position you take with leadership and how you care, how you care for those you're charged to lead. You know, there's a, there's a good saying that's, that says, do unto others as you want to be done to you. Uh, And I think I just maybe messed that up, but it's, it's a, it's one of the 10 commandments, right? Like if you don't want something to be, if you want to, if you want to be present, right, be present. And hopefully that person will, will be present with you. Put the phones down at night, put during a conversation, a lunch meeting, put the phones away, leave them in the vehicle. Like just be present. I guarantee that you are going to learn much, much, much more from the person, um, you know, across the table from you or, or the group that you're with versus having that phone or looking at the wait staff or looking anywhere else. Be present. Amazing things happen. Yeah. As we look to wrap up, I'll ask you this. Do you have notifications on on your phone? Um, most of the time, 90% of the time, they're all silenced unless I'm yeah. Unless I um, am expecting a phone call, then then I unmute. But ninety percent of the time, my phone is muted. Yeah, same here. 
that's a that's a real trick. Like if you're struggling with that, if you're struggling with screen time, um, turn off all the alerts, especially your social media apps. Yeah. You, you, now you I, I do summaries now. Yeah. So like three times a day, I get a summary like morning, noon, night. Oh, neat. Um, that way, it I don't have you know the emails coming in every three minutes. I don't have um, all the social media stuff notifications coming in every three minutes. Like it's three times a day. That opens up a lot of space where you get to listen and to circle back where we started. You do get to hear these things, these downloads, these memos. That's right. You know, the clarity of, Jeff, you're going to find this camp with a building a mile down the road to help people. And it's going to be impactful. And the person you find in the diner is going to be so bought in, they'll give you a 99-year lease. That's right. Can't get that with all the noise that you willingly open up to in life. And every time I think about that, I get I get chills. Just as you were saying that, I get yeah. chills. And I, that's how I know I'm on the right path. Yeah. Love it, man. Love it for you. I've enjoyed our time together thoroughly. I always do. Thank you. Yep. Thank you I so much. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much. Yep. All right. Well, hey, appreciate you. Appreciate you. Appreciate your time. If you want to get a hold of Jeff, we've got all his stuff in the show notes, iconichr.com. Uh, all those links are there for you. Um, Instagram, iconic.hr. Jeff's lined up. He's got everything kind of all the same. So that's smart. And um, yeah, that's, not, check that's out. my team, brother. That's my team. So I, I appreciate yep. them. Yeah. So check them out, iconichr.com. Thank you, Jeff, for coming on the show. Very much appreciate you. Everybody else, we'll see you next week on The Big Ticket Life. Take care. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own Big Ticket Life, and now it's time to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.thebigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See all your life, you've been told what is and what is impossible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat in your business, away from commodity and away from competition into a market of one so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift. Book your call. Go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.